GP Core Content Podcast, presented by Dr. Thomas Perkins and Dr. Stephen Smith from gpcorecontent.com. Episode 3, Rheumatoid Arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is a chronic systemic autoimmune disease with a genetic predisposition. The features of history are an insidious onset of morning stiffness, polyarthropathy, which usually affects the hands and feet, although the distal interphalangeal joint of the hand is usually spared, the DIP. It can also affect knees, C-spine, elbows, ankle, and shoulder. The features of exam in the hand, you can get ulnar deviation with metacarpophalangeal subluxation and a swan neck deformity. In the foot, you can get hallux valgus, Clortos or metatarsophalangeal subluxation. The joints typically become affected later in the disease process, and in 20% of cases, you can get subcutaneous nodules, and that's got a strong association with the positive serum rheumatoid factor. The investigations in rheumatoid arthritis, the serological investigations, you've got serology, aspiration, and uh, imaging radiographs. In terms of serology, the main go-tos are uh, CRP, ESR, full blood count, anti-CCP, rheumatoid factor, and then you can rule out some other things with ANA, ASOT, and anti-DNAs B. Uh, so anti-CCP is associated with early erosive disease and worse prognosis, and arising that may precede symptoms. The specificity for rheumatoid arthritis in anti-CCP is high at 95%, but the sensitivity is 60%. In rheumatoid factor, 70% of people with rheumatoid arthritis will test positive for rheumatoid factor, uh, although that can also rise in other conditions. In terms of ANA, it's highly sensitive in lupus, um, but has a low specificity for lupus. So if ANA is negative, it's good to rule that out in context of a rheumatoid uh, style of presentation. Um, and then you've got ASOT and anti-DNAs B for rheumatic fever. In terms of aspiration, you can aspirate for MCS, uh, white cell count, or crystals. Uh, in terms of the crystals, sodium urate will be raised in gout, and calcium pyrophosphate will be raised in pseudo-gout. In terms of the white cell count, that's useful to differentiate septic arthritis uh, or your crystal arthropathies. Less useful for differentiating septic arthritis from rheumatoid, so it seems. The magic number for White cell count is 50,000 by 10 to the 6 per litre. Uh, and if you've got more than 50, that's more indicative of a bacterial um, cyanovitis. Although it can be raised in all the other things as well. And definitely over 100, so 100,000 by 10 to the 6 per litre white cell count, that's definitely associated with things like bacterial or septic arthritis. So in bacterial arthritis, you can get turbid or purulent cyanovirus fluid. White cell counts more than 50, low glucose and high protein. In terms of the radiographs, you're looking for things like periarticular erosions or osteopenia, joint space narrowing in the shoulder central glenoid erosion, and in the hip, you can get something called protrusio acetabuli, which is a deformity of the medial wall of the acetabulum with a progressive migration of the femoral head into the pelvic cavity, which can result in you know, mechanical disorders, pain, and limited range of motion. So they're, they're the investigations.
So with the management, there's a lot to management. The overall goals of management are to control the symptoms, normalize function, enable participation in social and work-related activities, prevent ongoing joint damage, and minimize cardiovascular complications. Uh, the role of the GP in arthritis management then is to induce clinical remission as early as possible in conjunction with rheumatologist and help maintain clinical remission uh, to develop an individualized self-management plan for early management and management of exacerbations, um, proactively inquire about managing pain and fatigue and mood disturbances which are highly associated with rheumatoid, optimize the overall immune status, monitor for drug effects, and monitor and manage potential complications of rheumatoid arthritis. Some of the complications of rheumatoid arthritis include atherosclerosis, osteoporosis, depression, vasculitis, peptic ulcer disease, lung disease, neuropathy, and atlantoaxial involvement. With clinical remission, that's defined as having all of the following symptom relief, normalization of your inflammatory markers, and the absence of joint swelling. Uh, so you try and achieve those with pharmacological and non-pharmacological means. In terms of the pharmacological, the types of meds, there's about four general types of medications, and they are the conventional synthetic DMARDs, or they're called CSDMARDs. And DMARDs is disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. You've got your steroids, you've got your biological DMARDs, and you've got targeted synthetic DMARDs. The overall induction strategy, we've got someone in rheumatoid, you're trying to get them you know, into their first stages of remission. That's determined by disease severity, prognosis, and patient factors, such as age, childbearing status, and comorbidities. Uh, you tend to start with a single CSD mod or a combination of a CSD mod with a steroid. The go-to CSD mod is methotrexate. A response to this should be apparent in 12 weeks, and if that's not achieved, then you can adjust the overall regimen. Some of the conventional, conventional CSD mods are methotrexate, so 10 milligrams orally once a week, increasing up to 25 once a week. You have to add folic acid 5 to 10 megs per week on top of that. Other CSD mods are loflonamide, 10 to megs orally daily, sulfacelazine, 500 megs twice daily, increasing gradually up to 1.5 grams twice daily, and hydroxychloroquine, 200 to 400 megs daily. Some of the side effects of the medication, so the side effects of sulfazelazine include things like rash, GI upset, headaches, dizziness, tinnitus, photosensitivity, orange body secretion, and hepatitis. Um, on sulfur, you need regular full blood counts and LFTs, typically every two weeks for the first three months and then every three months after that. The side effects of methotrexate are similar in that you get nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, mouth ulcers, headaches, fatigue, um, difficulty concentrating, alopecia, photosensitivity, batotoxicity, and a few more. There's a complete list in the show notes. Um, Methotrexate is contraindicated with several medications, and those medications include trimethoprim, all your folate antagonists, and any live vaccinations in pregnancy. 
So moving on to steroids. So remember, steroids are often or sometimes used in um, you know the induction period along with the CSD mods. Um, they're often used by specialists in the initial phase of it to achieve rapid symptom control at presentation while you wait uh, for the 12 weeks for your DMARDs to kick in. So they're used to get rapid control at presentation or during an exacerbation of a disease. Examples of steroids in rheumatoid include prednisone, 5 to 10 megs orally daily, or methylprednisone acetate, 120 megs IM as a single dose. I think that's at the beginning of induction and that seems to be just a one-off dose. The side effects of PRED include classically osteoporosis, weight gain, metabolic disturbance and that turns you kind of pre-diabetic, mood disturbances, even psychosis, insomnia, you get thinning of the skin and um, you know that classic buffalo hump as well. The BDMARD, so the biological synthetic or biological disease modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, BDMARDs. These are used after trialing CSDMARDs um, or in combination with them. And they're typically used if remission isn't achieved or if there's a significant disease activity persisting. Um, the only TSDMARD apparently indicated is for rheumatoid is tofacinitib, which is Zelgans. But I never really see that, only really, in my practice anyway, see people more in Humira, which is Adam Adalimabab. And that's given 40 megs subcutaneously every two weeks. Um, there's tons more BD mods, they're all listed on ETG. We're not going to go into detail on all of them. The side effects of the BD mods, so things like Humira, are an increased risk of infection. Uh, and the usual signs and symptoms of fever of infection such as fever might be absent. Um, an alternative to the BDMARDs is the TSDMARDs, so the targeted synthetic DMARDs. Um, there's one, and that's called tofacinitib. The usual dose of that is 5 megs twice daily. So other than the pharmacological management, you've also got the non-pharmacological management of the symptoms in rheumatoid arthritis. Um, the other main kind of symptoms you get are pain and you get fatigue. Um, there's depression in there as well, but we're not talking about that here. In terms of the non-pharmacological management of pain in rheumatoid, things that work are rest, pacing activities, thermotherapy, splints or orthoses, exercise therapies, CBT or TENS, psychotherapy, relaxation, mindfulness, and meditation. In terms of the pharmacological management of pain in rheumatoid, um, the only things that really have been shown to work are uh, anti-inflammatories, any of your NSAIDs, fish oil, at least 2.7 grams uh, of omega-3 orally daily, and if you're going to use opioids, then just using those short-term. Uh, sometimes with pain, you can get a neuropathic component to the pain. Things that work for that are your classic neuropathic pain remedies. So the simple analgesics, again, paracetamol, NSAIDs, or using things like amitriptyline, 10 to 25 megs, gabapentin, duloxetine, or pregabalin.
In terms of fatigue, there's no pharmacological management options for fatigue, but in terms of non-pharmacological management of fatigue in rheumatoid, things like pool-based therapy, yoga, dynamic strength training, stationary cycling or low-impact aerobics, tai chi, CBT and mindfulness are good for non-pharmacological management of fatigue in rheumatoid arthritis. So in terms of rheumatoid arthritis in the exams, um, I couldn't find anything in a past exam relating to rheumatoid, but undoubtedly it's going to be in there. Um, we've got a couple of articles in our study guide, uh, mainly AFP articles, and we've done some uh, an original AKT case and an original KFP case on rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the KFP case in particular has about 10 questions in that, so we really tried to delve in deep and um, cover rheumatoid arthritis and those old KFPs there. So yeah, that's it. That's rheumatoid arthritis. Fair bit to go through, but um, a lot of management. So more information is in Like this, check out our range.